Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a sustained weight loss and self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are now certified integrative nutrition health coaches, and together with our community, we are learning to live our best lives by telling one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. This week on the podcast, we have creative wellness entrepreneur, Kyle Godfrey Ryan. Kyle has spent most of her adult life in the wellness world, and her career has spanned all aspects of neural nutrition, biohacking, Eastern thought, Western medicine, and everything in between. This led her in more recent years to found Tune Studio, an experience that uses bio-tuning for optimal human relaxation, focus, and performance. Tuning is described as the process of using biofrequencies, sound, and vibration to bring the body and mind to an optimal state by switching your nervous system from a fight-or-flight state to a state of presence and flow so you can show up as your best self. On this episode, Kyle shares with us about her own journey, the benefits of tuning, where we can find and use tuning, and how she strives to make this remarkable technology accessible to all. It was especially sweet for me having Kyle join us on this episode as she and I first met a million years ago in high school. It was a real treat to reconnect and have this conversation. We hope you learn a lot and enjoy the episode. This episode is brought to you by Beekeepers Naturals. If you listen to our episode with founder Carly Stein, then you already know how powerful Beekeepers Naturals products are. Beekeepers Naturals is a wellness company specializing in innovative nutraceuticals made from healing hive compounds and plant-based ingredients. Their mission is to improve people's health naturally and save the bees. Allie and I are absolutely obsessed with these products and I've been using them consistently since December when Carly was on the podcast. So Allie, what is your favorite Beekeepers Naturals product? I love the Propolis Throat Spray. I've used it consistently through the year, and it's been my immune system's secret weapon, which makes sense since propolis is basically the immune system of the beehive and has germ-fighting properties. What about you? I love the propolis too, especially as somebody who always had strep throat and throat infections. It has seriously changed my entire life. (laughs) But with that said, my favorite product is the Bee Chill Hemp Honey. Bee Chill Hemp Honey delivers a powerful 28 milligrams of hemp oil per teaspoon so that you can find your bliss. Made with USA grown hemp, it is non-psychoactive and contains 0% THC. I sleep like a baby when I take it before bed and it seriously takes the edge off of my whole day. It also hits the spot when I'm craving something sweet after dinner, which is just an added bonus. If you want to try the Propolis or the Beechel Hemp Honey or any of the other amazing products, you can receive 15% off your Beekeepers Naturals order by using the code COURAGEOUSWELLNESS, all one word, at checkout. Or visit beekeepersnaturals.com slash courageouswellness. And you can also find the direct link in our show notes. 
have an exciting new discount for our listeners with Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic offers superfood coffee and elixirs to upgrade your daily routine. The powerful antioxidants, antiviral effects, and immune-boosting properties of mushrooms transform your cup of joe from an energy-boosting treat to a health-enhancing choice. Along with mushroom coffee, Four Sigmatic also offers mushroom elixirs, mushroom hot cocos, and other shroom-filled products. Erica uses the lion's mane in her morning superfood coffee. And even though I hate mushrooms, I absolutely love the products, especially the matcha latte powder, which contains myataki mushrooms and adaptogens. For 10% off Four Sigmatic products, visit foursigmatic.com and use the code COURAGEOUS at checkout. And there's also a direct link in our show notes. Well, thank you, Kyle, for joining us. Um, We're excited to speak to you today. Thank you guys for having me. To start, can you tell us a little bit about your own personal journey into wellness, the wellness world, and and what that means to you? Sure. So my my journey, I think, uh, sounds like the typical wellness journey where you hit your own breaking point and through your own healing, you discover this magical world of healing modalities. So for me, um, I was coming from the world of politics and journalism, and it wasn't a very healthy environment for me. But at the same time, uh, my body was not doing very well. And when I finally left journalism, um, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia and chronic, chronic fatigue. Um, And I was written a bunch of prescriptions to just sort of go home and take for the rest of my life. And that did not seem appealing. (laughs) So I first started with nutrition and playing with that myself. Then I went and got a degree in neural nutrition. And from there, I started learning all about Chinese medicine and went through that entire deep dive. I followed that up by Ayurvedic medicine. And I realized that my views of the world of politics and journalism actually fit really well into the wellness world, that there are these beautiful silos that work for every person. And I founded my own company, educating people about their own silos in 2011. That's awesome. And it's exciting. So for any of our listeners, Kyle and I, we know each other because we went to high school together. We did. <laughs> going, way, going way back, um, which is crazy. It feels like yesterday and also many lifetimes ago. But um, it's interesting how you're saying like the transition from your uh, focus and your field at the time in journalism um, fit well, like led you into this world of I guess, entry with neural nutrition. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what what is that for anybody who's not aware of it? So neural nutrition has a lot to do with longevity. Um, for, for me and the way that I practice and most people in our field, we started to work on neural issues, focus on neurodegenerative issues. Um, but for me, what I fell in love with, with this piece of this practice is that if you maintain your neural health, then you have the ability to turn on all of your other organ systems and nervous systems and your everything. Everything will flow from neural health. And, and neural health, though, I imagine, right, it's not easy to master or to 
maybe necessarily take care of. I could be wrong, but when I think of like the average person or like me, the idea of like dealing with my neural health, like I wouldn't even know where to begin. Where to begin. So if we just start with the understanding that the brain is not only housed in the body. So the, the human brain um, has a mass and a cluster that's around 60% that is housed in what we call the brain, which is in your skull. Then you have a huge amount of brain matter that wraps down your spine. And then you also have neural matter that is woven through your entire body. So when you think of neural health, you really think of the living brain that is the essence of your body. And you can start with treating that properly by giving it the basics that it needs, like real foods, healthy fats, enough water to be able to survive, movement, proper movement, so that the brain has full connectivity to all of your lungs, all of your limbs. <laughs> you know, this is, this is really, these are really the, like, the basis of, of neural health. That, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I think sometimes we have a tendency to compartmentalize the body and even just something, breaking something down like the brain and the fact that like it goes, you know, our neurological system goes throughout the body and reminding ourselves of that. It's not just like in our head, right? And and I know we'll talk a little bit more about the nervous system and um, how that relates to sort of what you're describing. But um, that so many bodily functions are, are, I guess, through the neural pathways triggered, right? So, like, it's all connected. Yeah, I, yeah, no, this all makes so much sense and is so fascinating to me. I, I don't know much about the brain, although I do know it. It pretty much controls everything, especially, you know, of course, we're talking about the functions, right? Of we need to feed our brain, right? Those healthy fats and the food it wants to eat or have that movement, right? To like stimulate what is going on. But at the same time too, how does, you know, a lot of people, right? Struggle with depression or anxiety and negative thought patterns. And I know like those in particular, right? Even if you're eating the healthiest diet or exercising the most per week that you can do, you know, negative thought patterns that we all have can really right mess with our bodies. So what what work then have you discovered that we can really do to to help that part of ourselves because it can be so so hard and debilitating. Our minds are can be so mean. <laughs> that is exactly right. Um you hit the nail on the head. You can do, you can check all the boxes of what looks like traditional health, but if you don't have mental health attached to that, it, it doesn't actually matter. Think about it um, in this way. Let's, if we can just start with the idea of food, but then the brain, the patterns of thinking around it of how it can affect you. So let's say you are eating a paleo diet, but it is a friend's birthday and you guys are having cake. And while you're consuming the cake, you are chastising yourself. You're calling yourself fat. You're saying that you fell off the wagon. You believe you're doing the wrong thing. Well, your brain is brilliant. So do you know what it's going to think about that food? It's going to process that as poison and it will store it because you have told your brain and your body that this is wrong and I'm doing something to harm myself. So the way that you think and the way that your body reacts is one in the same Obviously, a healthy community, uh, friends around you that can keep you accountable, work, 
that makes you feel full and connected. These are all ideals that we'd like to, we'd like to strive for. But in a bare basic way, if you're talking about someone whose mental patterns are so unhealthy that they are fully debilitated or in, um, you know, in, in states of anxiety where they're non-functioning, then that is what I would recommend uh, seeing a therapist as soon as possible to start rewiring those I'm glad you brought that up. You know, Erica and I recently did a, um, a conference in Philadelphia with the positivity charge. And one of the speakers there, um, she was discussing the, uh, connection between mood and food. And, um, not only she was saying, not only does food affect your mood, but we need to keep in mind that mood affects your food, which is basically what you just explained, right? So like depending on what sort of mindset you're in while you're consuming, that's going to have an effect on the, your ability to digest, right? And, and continuing to program like, yeah, exactly how your body processes the food, regardless of what the food is, right? So, um, I just think it's, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's something that a lot of people aren't taught, you know? Um, and even in the conference, people who are in this field were like, wow, this is the first time I, you know, I've suffered with disordered eating my whole adulthood. And, um, this is the first time I'm hearing of this. Right. So it was like, really, it's a really sort of like revolutionary concept, even though it sounds so simple. Um, so let's take that and let us lead into the idea of the nervous system, because this is going to kind of bring us into the work that you currently do. Um, so can you talk to us a little bit about the two, two nervous systems, if we want to like simplify the sympathetic and the parasympathetic and the difference between the two? So it's pretty simple. Um, human beings have a very simple nervous system. There are only two branches of it. One is the sympathetic and one is the parasympathetic. Our bodies are designed to operate 95% of the time on the parasympathetic state. That is the state of rest and recovery. Now, when the body thinks of rest and recovery, it doesn't think of you meditating on a mountain for 23 hours a day consuming figs. It believes that rest and recovery is digesting your food, digesting thoughts, having the ability to communicate and collaborate with other humans. All of these things are done under a rest and recovery state. The sympathetic, that is designed to trigger when a lion is chasing you. That is, that is when there is, there is a huge amount of stress that comes into your life and that sympathetic will come in in an organized form and be able to push you through from point A to point B and keep you safe. That is what the sympathetic is designed for. But unfortunately, it's 2019. And what that means is that our bodies that are brilliant, but also 200,000 years old, are getting signs all day, every day, that everything should trigger the sympathetic state. It can be the vibration on your cell phone or, or a car alarm that goes off or the constant endless list of to-do. Everything is triggering your body that it has to stay into the sympathetic state and stay hypervigilant to be able to get through its day. And what happens to our bodies, because they are designed to operate on the parasympathetic state, is that we get adrenal fatigue, we get brain fog, we get depressed, and we get anxious because our basic wiring 
is cross and it is very, very harmful. That's well said. Thank you. And I, so this is a great time to say like, okay, let's talk about tuning. Let's talk about bio tuning. Let's talk about the tune studio because it, it's a perfect segue. Now that everybody's terrified and they're like, wait, I've been stressed out for 30 years. Like, wait, what does this mean? I'm going to die now. Right. Um, no, here's the thing. You guys are deep in the wellness world. So, you know, there, there are a lot of practices that are there and that teach your body and your brain how to go back to the parasympathetic state. Meditation is a beautiful tool and yoga is a beautiful tool and sex is a beautiful tool and community is a beautiful tool. But what I created is something called Tune. And what this is, is a vibrational technology. It literally communicates directly with the human body through a series of vibrations. And within 15 minutes of a session, your parasympathetic system will be turned on the hemispheres of your brain will be balanced and then your body is flooded with love hormones. So for the next 24 hours, you walk around the world feeling calm and joyful and present. Wow. That sounds pretty amazing. What, so what is it exactly? Like how does it work? How do the vibrations work in our body and how can people access this? So we are we are made from a cluster of vibrations. That is all that the human body is made up of. And what biotuning does, um, and what our technology does specifically, is that we have charted the entire human body. So our vibrations actually communicate directly with the vibrations of your own body. So you lay down on these beautiful beds. We call them tune beds. They look more like a piece of equipment, a piece of like furniture you would buy from the Milan Design Fair. And you put on headphones because we've also created neural music that is paired with the vibrations. And all you do is lay there and allow the vibrations to come up through the equipment. And then you listen to this beautiful music. Oh, wow. So it's actual physical vibration through the, um, through the equipment in, in addition to the sort of oral, um, not O-R, but A-U, the like um, audio stimulation through the, uh, yeah. That's We've so- also teamed up with uh, neuromusicians. So we didn't only create our own human vibrations that come through the equipment. We've also created an entire series of music that we've created with neuromusicians from all over the world. That's so fascinating. You know, Erica and I, when we've talked about this on the podcast before, the, the way we met was through, um, is through a Buddhist practice that we, we do together and we chant in the practice. And, um, you know, it basically comes down to using sound vibration, right, um, as a tool in our daily practices for our spiritual life. And I know, you know, I was reading an article about tuning and it was referencing multiple um, cultures around the world that also Mm -hmm. use chanting and sound vibration. We have found evidence of humans using sound as a meditation practice that go back to 15,000 years. It looks like a lot of the reasons why we chose the specific caves that we did 15,000 years ago is because they can create a specific residence when you chant. So whether it is a Buddhist practice of chanting, if you are 
Um, if you're Catholic, the way that you say um, you say the prayers while ca- counting the the beads of the rosary became creates a specific vibration in the meditation, and it creates a sound in your mind. It is the same if you are Jewish in the way that you daven. It creates a specific sound in your mind. Um, obviously, throughout Hinduism, there's several different kinds of meditation practices. They're all mantra-based, and the mantra is a sound. Mm. Yeah. So it's not only that we can tune ourselves, but we've also built all these beautiful pieces of equipment. A didgeridoo. A didgeridoo is a vibrational healing practice. It's really, it's really remarkable how this this modality has been around since we have evidence of modern humans. I, I think that's. I mean, it's it's so um, evident that it like it permeates many many cultures. But I have to side note, when you said didgeridoo, it made me think of your brother bringing his to high school. Mm, I know. So (laughs) you guys don't know my brother. He's the coolest person on the planet. And he always was the coolest person on the planet. Uh, And one of the things he loved to do is when we travel, when we were growing up, he would just learn whatever instrument was of that culture. Well, a didgeridoo is a very large, cumbersome instrument to learn. So he would drag around this like six and a half foot didgeridoo and practice it in the hallway as if it were normal behavior. I love it. That's so funny. I don't think I've thought of a didgeridoo in 15 plus years, but it made me think of him and that's amazing. (laughs) So (laughs) that's right. No, this is all, yeah, this is all so fascinating to me. And yeah, like I've, my parents, you know, practice Buddhism since before I was born. So I, I've grown up with a chant and that kind of vibration just in my life. And I love, right, that finding a chant or finding some sort of vibrational practice is accessible to anyone because you can just find what ancient practice works for you and do it at home. But, you know, about Tune Studio as well, how has the practice and finding this practice of actually using, right, like the physical vibrations, how has that helped transform your life as well? For me, um, I love the preciousness of running a private practice. You know, I would, I was, we were seeing um, in our practice about a hundred people a year, and it is a beautiful thing to slowly walk people into a state of optimal health. But I got to the point in my personal life, um, frankly, after the last election in 2016, where I had this desire that I needed to be able to allow people to be in a state of happiness and choice as quickly as possible. And I was confronted with this realization that I would no longer be able to treat people one-on-one. And I have to say in my personal life, being able to hear that, you know, a thousand people tune a day has been incredibly inspiring and also relieving. Mm. It just makes me so much happier to know that we're starting to see these really high numbers of humans that feel good and have quick, easy, accessible access to feeling good. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's, it's really admirable because you're taking it onto a bigger scale now and, and giving access to more people to feel just happy, which should be, you know, 
a normal state, but normal. Yeah, it should be a normal, normal state. But that isn't normal. No. It's not. It's so amazing, but we trade in stress. Yeah. You know, we we like to share our pain as if it's this badge. Yeah. And it's and it's killing us. Yeah, and it's it's also reducing you know, our lifespans may be long, but I often think about the idea of our health span, right? And it's like, what kind of life, if it, it doesn't matter how long it is, if the quality of it is not, is not what, you know, we all ultimately want, like, what's the point, right? And so, um, I love that you, you've created this tool that you can, people can take and, and it only takes 15 minutes too, especially for like, I'm sure busy, um, corporate cultures, which I'd love to get into, but also, um, you know, city urban life. It's just the stimulus is, um, nonstop. And so to, to create a place or, um, to have, for people to have a resource that they can use and do and realign within 15 minutes, it doesn't feel outside of our, you know, the ability in our day-to-day lives or the way our lives are structured in 2019, where like you're saying, like, you don't have to go meditate on a, um, like a mountain for 23 hours a day, right? Um, which is just unrealistic. And so it seems like something that it's also like a practical uh, way that people can practice a form of self-care. That is exactly the point. Um, I would love if everyone had the ability to wake up every morning and make a healthy breakfast and meditate for 30 minutes a day and then do all of their like skin brushing and tongue brushing and then they're like good hour of yoga and then just take on their day. <laughs> but nobody has that ability. It's, we, we, most of us don't have that privilege of time to spend in those ways. So creating a technology and a modality that only requires you to lay down. You don't have to change your clothes. You can wear whatever you're wearing and reset and essentially refuel your body was a really big driver in the entire design of this modality. Do you feel that you've always been entrepreneurial or was it your sort of desire and mission to have, um, tuning accessible to people that, that drove you into this space to be, you know, a female entrepreneur and a business creator and owner? I think it's the latter. Um, you know, my mom. So Mm -hmm. I grew up with a super alpha adventurous entrepreneurial mom. And I was like, I am never going to do that ever. That is terrible. (laughs) Anything but that. Um, Though I did have that mindset of being a creator. And when I first, when I had my first business, I didn't see myself as as an entrepreneur. I was like, well, I'm just leading a collective. And like, yes, this is my company, but I'm working with two dozen people. So it's, it's different. With Tune, when I started coming up with this concept in 2015, I went to every brilliant entrepreneur I know and was like, do this with me. Like, let this be ours. Like, let's be partners and create this magical unicorn. And nobody saw the unicorn. (laughs) No one. And it was finally, um, 
one of my really close friends who at the time was like president of Leva League, which is like an empowerment organization for women. And she's like, what are you doing? Just do it yourself. Why do you think you can't do this? I gave her all these excuses of like, why I didn't want to do that. And that like egocentric identity and that's not mine. And she's like, you are full of it. <laughs> Stop. Put on your big girl panties and just do this. I was like, ah, fine. <laughs> now it's been a few years and I work with amazing people. My operator is one of the most remarkable humans that exists on the face of these, this earth and there would be no tune without her. Um, but it tune existed because I felt it had to exist, even if I had to start it by myself. Yeah, I think that journey, right, to starting it is so inspirational because so many times I feel like we stand in our own way of being like, we don't know enough or have enough knowledge or experience or X, Y, Z, whatever. We can create any reason in the world why we're not the right person to do it alone um, or in general. But what about the reasons we are, right? It's like, again, back to like training our mind. I feel like so many people have all these dreams and ideas and just we limit ourselves because, you know, there's this like feeling sometimes, I think, especially for women that we're not enough or we're not enough on our own. And so I think hearing, you know, that you had such a great friend to be like, no, you can do this is, you know, again, such a testament to the importance too of, like you said earlier, having community who, who can really support you and be there for you and, and help you. And so you can help yourself. Sure. For sure. And the whole thing of like not being enough and not knowing enough, those are true things. But the difference between, I think, a female mindset and a male mindset is that we believe we don't get to begin until we know all the things and it's perfect. Where a, a male mindset is like, I'll figure it out as I'm going. Yeah. Well, guess what? You figure it out while you're going. Because when I first started, I mean, we are, our racks, we have, we have a very complicated wiring system for what we created. And our racks are like, you know, $45,000 of really high-end, expensive, intricate equipment that needs to be raw wired. And I knew nothing about this. So I literally had to learn by doing it, yeah. by like sitting in the back of these warehouses and asking questions. And even as, as simplistic as they were and learned how to do that. And same with our frames. We build, we build an actual instrument itself that tunes the human body. I didn't know anything about woodwork. I had absolutely no idea. But I could, I could, hang, out and, I could hang out and watch it get built. Yeah. I, at over, over 18 months, I learned enough about industrial design that I was able to go in and make my own changes where I'm like, oh, this is how let's change these five things because I think we can optimize the process and now we can remove a man from this part and now we can add these new materials here with these objectives because you can learn it by doing it. And one of the benefits of not knowing what you're doing in the beginning is that you're not restricted by what was. It's a lot easier to create when you aren't confined by what is right and what is wrong. Um, I love that. I'm glad you spoke to that. Erica and I learned that in a big way, even with the podcast. You know, we started something totally blind, like had no idea or long-term vision. We just knew that 
we wanted to tell stories, right? These sort of stories in this space because we had stories and we therefore thought that like other people do too. It was literally that simple. And we're not podcasters, had no, but in a way we had no barrier to entry because we had no barriers in our own mind. And in, in a year, it's just such been such a learning experience and you really sort of hit the nail on the head with that. And I think it's really an important message for a lot of entrepreneurs, because I guess that's what we all are, to hear is that it doesn't, A, there's no such thing as perfect, but it doesn't have to be perfect before you start something because you will never start it. It will be analysis paralysis indefinitely. And sometimes it's okay. Not only is it okay, it's part of the process to learn, refine, and get better as you go. Um, And then you can become the expert, you know, as you're saying, now you are. But it didn't require you to know all about woodworking or wire, intricate wiring systems prior to, you know, prior to, you didn't know that that was something um, that should have been limiting to you. So you didn't let it limit you. Mm -hmm. For sure. And being okay with failure. Yeah. Like I've, I've had a lot of failure over the last three and a half years. I made a lot of missteps. I tried a lot of things that I was like, this is brilliant and it's going to work. And it didn't, it definitely didn't work. And it like (laughs) fell flat on its butt. Um, But that, you know, it's okay. For me, that piece that I thought was the worst thing in the world where it's like, I don't want to make mistakes in these ways. I realized every single time something I tried or now we tried that didn't work gave us the foresight to avoid a hundred different errors. Yeah. No, mistakes are important and they're part of the process. And as long as you learn from them and grow and it, 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 they're not actually mistakes, right? They're just part of the process of creating. And I think too, right? Like, passion and mission go hand in hand. Cause I think, right. Passion is like, it's like a fire that can fuel you. But I think the mission, right. Like the mission behind what you're doing is what fuels you to continue going even after the failures, even after, you know, like Ali and I certainly learned that cause we, you know, we so believe in the mission of telling real stories so that people feel more connected through them. And you know, that mission, right. The mission, keeps you going. And so, and I definitely think, you know, I had never heard of even being in the space. I'd never really heard of tuning before, of bio-tuning. So it is, I think, a really important mission, what you're doing to spread this knowledge and, and make it, again, accessible to the masses instead of just to a few people who do have the privilege to know what this bio-tuning is. Kyle, so what's... Um Next, as far as like, I know that you guys do a lot of work with other businesses and can you speak a little bit about that and, and sort of what your, what your mission or your goal is with going into perhaps corporate environments? Um, and yeah, like what sort of is next with on that frontier? So we have two sides of our company. One of them is B2B and the other is B2B2C. For B2B, we are, which is 80% of our business, we're primarily uh, throughout the Silicon Valley. Um, We have everything from smaller startups to uh, large corporate partners like Google. And what we do is we create these 
small bio studios in their offices. We only need 250 square feet. We can put in two beds. And then the way that the beds operate is that uh, people can actually trigger their sessions and start the beds through their cell phone. So we have seven different frequency sets that people can choose from. Um, we have frequencies that give you more energy. We have frequencies that will help you sleep better, ones that make you more creative, ones that make you more focused. Um, and essentially all the employees then have full access to go in and book their sessions. And then we have a full data analytics backend that will analyze your progress over a month, over a year, and be able to integrate that with your other wellness apps. For our public side of the company, which is our B2B2C, we have two corporate, corporate partnerships. So one is Lululemon and the other one is Marriott International, the luxury group. Um, that means that you can come in uh, into a Lululemon and tune. And a first time session is $10. And if you buy a package, it goes to like $12 a session. Um, our first location is in Chicago. It is in uh, Lululemon Lincoln Park, which is their international flagship. It is 20,000 square feet. 10,000 square feet of retail and 10,000 square feet of, of experience and we represent their meditation space. So the idea with Lululemon is to scale. Um, my personal goal is to get into 25% of all Lululemons internationally. Um, and if there's any listeners out there that want to add a Lululemon near them, all they have to do is go in and ask their manager and request it. Um, and then the idea is that we can bring that technology to them. And then with Marriott, our first partner is under the luxury division is JW. Uh, so it is announced the first week of October that we are their first and only wellness partner. Um, and there's almost 90 properties. So the objective is to scale through there as quickly as possible. And then we have full availability to all of the other Marriott hotels in the luxury line. Um, so our goal is to be in every Marriott luxury property by the end of 2023. That's so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. And I'm Thank excited you. for, you know, for people, especially something like Lululemon. I mean, they're everywhere, right? So like anybody at, at some point, if, if it scales larger, like you said, if someone wants that, they can request it and, and have access to it. And I love also like the entry price point. Cause we talk about, um, often the sort of privilege and like inaccessibility for a lot of wellness practices, right? And like, um, you know, $10, a lot of people can can swing that. And I, I think that's really exciting that, you know, maybe, maybe it's not through the JW Marriott brand, but maybe it's through their local Lululemon store where they could have access to, you know, to experiencing this technology. That's the idea. The price point was really important to me. Um, part of what I came to the realization of in 2015 was that I was living in this bubble and I saw the huge amount of pain and income inequality and health inequality throughout our country. And it forced me to look at myself and be like, oh my God, you are a like privileged, wealthy, thin white woman in wellness that is pushing and teaching and educating extremely exclusive wellness modalities that nobody has access to. Yeah. 
What are you doing? That is not helpful. We have these, these modalities need to exist. But if I, if I wasn't able to create something for me, I needed to create something where someone in Topeka would be able to have access. It wouldn't be scary. They could be any shape, any size, any color, and it wouldn't take away from their wallet share where accessing wellness would harm other things in their life. So part of my objective is to create these really solid partnerships, scale through both coasts, and then be able to partner with Walmart where we could open tunes and, you know, have them be $5 a session. Like it, the idea is that this technology should be accessible to everyone. Yeah. Thank you for doing that work. It's something that Erica and I are also really passionate about this idea of accessibility, food affordability. Um, and there's so many, there's so many sort of areas like food deserts and, and, um, especially in Los Angeles, we've talked about too, there's such, um, like food insecurity as well, which is directly can contribute to the homelessness population here. It's just, you know, there's so, it's so, so many intricate sort of issues, but, uh, I really appreciate hearing other people in wellness, um, speak to this issue because I think a lot of people have blinders on about it. And I think it's important to talk about it, which is what, why we talk about it, but also, and just bring awareness to people who are privileged in this community, that it should be a right for people and not, um, not a privilege. Mm -hmm. And so I really appreciate that the work that you're doing with that. And, thank and, yeah. you. And not and only, thank right? Thank you, guys. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah, no, I think, too, not not only, right, like you said, like, if you were able to scale, right, like you said, to Walmart across the country for $5, right, it's not just the price commitment, but the time commitment as well, that you're, it's, it takes 15 minutes, like you said, everyone, everyone can try to spare 15 minutes of their time, so the whole concept is, you know, so accessible to the masses when, when you're able to scale there, which I know will be sooner than later. <laughs> oh, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> well, um, you know, we have so many different people on the show in just sort of different fields of wellness or with, within their own personal journey. Um, can you talk, like you mentioned a little bit on the earlier side of the episode that you were dealing with, um, fibromyalgia and, and all these sort of like diagnoses from living this sort of stressful life in the um, sort of journalism world. And can you talk to us now that you've, you know, you've incorporated more of these practices into your own personal life. Can you talk to us a little bit about your personal self-care and what that looks like for you? Sure. Um, so for me, um, with full transparency, I had like a really amazing, beautiful childhood, um, but I also experienced huge amounts of uh, trauma and abuse throughout my my entire my entire childhood. And because of that, um, we've actually learned so much more in the world of therapy um, and all psychiatric that physical ailments and early childhood traumas are deeply connected. Um, and for me, the way that it responded was that I was carrying a huge amount of depression consistently. Um, 
But then I also had these physical representations that looked like chronic fatigue and looked like fibromyalgia um, and a major, major immune issues. So for what the way that my day-to-day life will look, um, I practice something called NRT, which is nutrition response testing um, in my private life and with me and with both my kids. So I take a ton of supplements and they change every week depending on my body's needs. I also match that with different versions of homeopathics at times. Um, I also meditate at least one time a day. I practice a Vedic meditation, um, which is mantra based. Uh, I tune every day that I'm home. Uh, I need to have access to a bed to tune, uh, but I tune every day. My kids also tune every single day. And then I'd say you know, 90% of the food I consume is real food. So identifiable food. Um, I, in our home, it's, you know, it's locally sourced or grass fed. Um, you know, we, I, we do eat a more of a paleo diet. Uh, and I don't drink that much. I'd say have like four or five glasses of alcohol a month. Um, so it's a pretty clean life. And I'm a little bit of a sleep Nazi. <laughs> My body needs sleep. Um, I need a lot of sleep. So when things are going well and in balance, I am asleep before 10 and, and I wake up every day at 6.15. Wow. That's amazing. I think that's so. Oh, I exercise too. Right. I exercise. <laughs> I need to, you know, here's the thing. I should be exercising four or five days a week hard. And that is usually the first thing to fall off where I'm like, I'm going to exercise in like three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's so great. And I think those are really like real practical things, right? That anybody who's listening who feels inspired can also incorporate into their life, right? So thank you for sharing that. And something else that we ask all of our guests um, as we wrap up is, is there a book that has been influential to you along your journey that you would recommend? It doesn't necessarily have to be in wellness, but it can be, but just any, any sort of book that you would recommend. Uh, definitely. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of uh, Byron Katie. Yes. She's an Ohio. Right? The way that I began every single session, um, was like new introduction with with clients back in the day with having them read her book about the four questions. Um, because when you were talking about mindset and negative patterns, um, a lot of that has to do with lack of accountability and lack of understanding and perspective. And I find that the way that uh, Byron Katie teaches this, it's really simple. It's super practical. And it allows you to calm your ego down and look at the larger picture immediately and stop over-personalizing things and own things that are really not yours and really quickly come to a place of presence and care and honesty. Yeah, I've, I know some of her work um, because her she has like a center, I think, in Ojai, California, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Um, She's a really interesting lady. And the idea of like accountability and responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. Is something that... The the victimhood mindset um, is very difficult to work with if your goal is to create long-term sustainable health. Yeah. 
Yeah. Something too, something that helps me and I know is, can be really difficult, but you know, I suffer from like severe anxiety and it, it can definitely really affect me. But, um, like, when I try to come from a place of gratitude and appreciation, because, you know, I, I chant every morning. I, that's how I start my day. And I end every day chanting in the evening. And when I do that, um, and I just focus on gratitude and appreciation, it does immediately, for me at least, help with my mind. <laughs> that's so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. I need to get tuned out in LA ASAP. Every single session, it reduces depression and anxiety by 50%, even if it's just your first, that it builds, obviously, just like a meditation practice, your, your neurology's capacity to hold the vibration expands the more you use this. But a first timer, it's 50% reduction of stress oh and anxiety. I want to do it so badly. <laughs> Maybe next time we're in New York, we'll like hit you up. Yes, <laughs> we need please. to try this. Yeah, or if we're if we're in Chicago, we'll have to hit up the Lululemon. Um, well, if anyone is interested in learning more about tuning, learning more about your work and um, and where they can also in the future find uh, beds to tune in, where where should they go? Where should where are you? Where can they find you on the internet? If you go to our website, it's just tune studio. We have a ton of information up there. We actually are updating all of our branding and content on Monday, which is Labor Day. It's very exciting. Um, just come and visit the website. You can con contact us through there. We'll connect you to social media channels. Um, and if you want to talk to me directly, you can just DM me through IG. Um, and it's Kyle Godfrey Ryan. So Great. I'm pretty easy to find. Thank you, Kyle, so much. I'm so glad we got to um, speak with you and share about bio-tuning. And um, it was just a great conversation. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch through our website, www.courageouswellnesspodcast.com. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.